Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. What does it take to grow an executive company of people helping people? Well, on today's podcast, I have Jordan. He is a co-founder of the Mitchell McClure's, where they work with one of the fastest companies to drive greater profitability through better people development. He's worked in personal development since 2009, helping leaders avoid burnout, become self-aware, and communicate better with their team. His greatest desire is to leave a legacy of love. He lives in the hometown of Greenville and with his wife, Christian, and their son, Luke. So without any delay, I'd like to welcome my friend, Jordan. Hey, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? It's good to see you again, dude. It's been a minute. Dude. about a month or so two months time i know i know it feels like it's been a couple months and i'm like yeah it's probably been three but april <laughs> so like that. Uh, awesome man it's great to see you again dude i you know you know we connected through it through a through a mutual friend um yeah. you know our you know our buddy dane and uh you know we're both very interested in each other's spaces like yeah, i know you're interested in virtuality and the metaverse i'm very interested in personal development and helping people grow and become better I know yeah. that's kind of your area. Um, so we kind of got put together um, peanut butter and jelly style. And yeah. so uh, in heaven. I know. I, I, so I really enjoyed the jam with you. And so I want to have you on, talk a little bit about you and your journey. Um, and, and I'd like to first kick this off with just the first question about like, how did you get started? You got started in 2009, helping people avoid burnout and all that stuff. But what is the genesis yeah. before that? Yeah. Um, man, I actually would think... It's interesting to go uh, go before that because I actually might go after that sure. uh, because I got some like I feel like I dabbled for like three years from 2009 to 2012, but in 2012 I kind of met a, a like a personality Jedi. I like my personality Yoda uh, is is what I still call him. His name is Steve, Steve Cockrum, and um, the way that I tell the story is I sat down and had a conversation with Steve for about 15 minutes, and he he said things that I wish I could have communicated to. Uh, my wife, uh, who've now been married 11 years, but we, you know, had had, had been dating uh, and, and been married for, you know, our first kind of three years when I'm, I'm finally meeting him. I'm like, man, this this would have really helped, you know, knowing some of these things. So he started saying things that I wish I could have communicated to my best friends, my closest uh, acquaintances for, for the, like the last decade. And, and for the most part, what I found out was I had been trying to play somebody on TV that I wasn't really and that I was um, – really trying to operate under other people's oughts and shoulds of what my life should look like and how that should be. And so that just sent me on a real growth trajectory to get aggressive about this. I think I've always been a possibilities for people person and wanted to help coach and wanted to, to, you know, be in people's corners. I think that was very natural, but it wasn't necessarily something I was, I was very conscious and aware of towards my, my strengths and even some of my weaknesses in that. And so that conversation, um, was was paramount to kind of sending me in in this trajectory and uh certainly still one, one of my passions is kind of helping that that breakthrough happen for for people but that's certainly like what got me into wanting to be like in the business of this versus having it be some sort of hobby or you know bolting it on to you know i'm in a some corporate job you know at the time in 2009 to 2012 i was working with with chick-fil-a and you know plenty of people have different opinions on chick-fil-a where they're at in the in the world but they're, uh, you know, a pretty, pretty incredible company from the, the culture that they're trying to, to build and, and just their passion for developing people. Uh, and so that was that was a privilege. And I could have seen myself, you know, at that time, 
going that direction. Um, but once I really kind of had a taste of being somebody who thought they were with their eyes open, you know, they thought they had their eyes open to the world and then realizing that like, man, my last decade could have been completely different if I had this knowledge uh-huh. and I would have had, I had probably better relationships. I certainly would have had a better marriage for the past three years. I just would have been overall happier. Like uh-huh. that, that'll send you on a, a different trajectory. And so that, that was, you know, very, very long experience told in a short, <laughs> short way. God. Well, it's interesting. I mean, looking at that, we're talking about something from what I'm hearing you say is things around, is it, is it being authentic or is it not knowing that you're not being authentic? Is that what that yeah. we're talking about there? It, yeah. Um, good. So it, I think it was more, so less so on being authentic, even though I think yeah, what, sure. what kind of uh, resulted in was the ability to be more authentically yourself and be more comfortable in your own skin I think uh-huh. that was the end result. I think it was truly like the, like I can remember somebody being like, you're so good at operations. Um, in my, my early twenties, I was probably 21, 22 years old in college. And, and they shared that. And I remember just thinking like, yeah. And, and I started to say yes to those things and look for opportunities where that was, that was the case. And the truth is, is like, maybe I'm passionate about some of those things, but I'm not really all that, that good at it. I, I probably shouldn't be in control of all the details and, and managing lots of uh, projects. That's probably just not a place that, that I would be best suited in. And so I think it was, um, I'd say the like vocabulary to describe things that I was feeling on the inside that were off. That was the, that was the gift that I really got. And what did it give me? Well, it gave me the ability to be more authentic to people. Uh, be able, Really for me, who I would tend to kind of get caught saying yes to a lot of things I could now say no to the to things that I probably shouldn't say shouldn't say yes to because I was just trying to help whoever who came my way. What wait, what gave you the ability to say no? I think a lot of people they 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 say yes to things that they shouldn't, things that they don't want yeah. because they feel like they want to appease people or make them happy or do whatever the thing might be. But yeah. what about the thing gave you the strength to say no? What's that about? Yeah. Um. Man, I, I like the the final piece of that question. Like, what gave you the strength strength to do it? You know, I think for me the the consciousness and maybe even the confidence that like, hey, I'm a possibilities for people person. I'm not necessarily like a a system maintainer. Mm. Um, uh, and maybe that would be a thing, or maybe I'm not even a I'm a possibilities for people person, but I'm not very good at practical care for people. And so, because I was so people oriented and um, and that was very natural for me. I'd find myself getting, you know, opportunities to do something that would lead to like nurturing practical care for a team. Uh, and that could be like, you know, hey, lead this this project for them, whatever. And those types of things would would come up. I uh, build out this this program for me. And, you know, while I actually still do some of that, I do it kind of in my own my own way now. Um, and so what gave me the strength? I think it was it's funny because I was like, I could have been wrong, but I think it was just the confidence that like, this really is who I am. And I got comfortable in my own skin for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think lots of people um, aren't there, but plenty of people like get it through time. And I feel like I just got that gift maybe a little bit early. Some people just kind of always, always have that. But I feel like I had some tendencies to chameleon to try to be different people in different spaces. And so I think my past experiences of watching that go wrong with the confidence of like this newfound, like, yes, okay, this is, this is me. And these things aren't me. 
I think that combination of like having a little history of knowing the pain of what could have been and how that could go. Plus, you know, really going, yeah, I think this is who I, who I want to be was a great combination to, to be confident in saying like, mm-hmm. no, I don't think I should take that opportunity or no, I don't think I should help you with that project. Um, which was, you know, it's been a gift. God. So you're looking at from a, was the, so the personality Yoda um, to be named uh, is the one that kind yeah. of gave you a bit of the insight to kind of, this is kind of who you are as a person, which then yeah. kind of gave you an, um, more or less an identity, right? Some sort of thing that you yeah. can kind of wrap, wrap around and say, okay, this is, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is what I believe. This is what I do. So when things that came across your thing that didn't resonate with that identity, you were able to say, no, yeah. I remember in the past when I did things that was against my identity, it didn't work out so well. So I'm going to really embrace that identity yeah. that I know to be true. Is that yeah. accurate? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, it, it certainly cemented like, this is who I am, right? That core identity and feeling comfortable in your own skin, you know, authenticity emerging out of that. Um, certainly that would, that would be the case. It was, was, was pretty powerful. And I, you know, I still was on, on me to like, you know, I wish it was just like a snap of the finger, 15 minutes, and then I just was was there. But I think that continual journey of just pursuing self-awareness and in some ways, like now the, the true addiction to self-awareness and, and so much of my work ends up going that direction um, because my passion for it and, and some of my talent that I've gained along the way. Um, but yeah, the the sense of self-awareness, I think, has been something that I'm like, just continue to pursue and and really have um, maybe just a consciousness of, of self that um, the pursuit of that. So, right. Like not that I actually have it, but like the pursuit of learning more, becoming more aware, seeing some blind spots has become certainly, you know, one of my, my favorite pastimes. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a deep hole of stuff to get through that self-awareness piece. Right. Cause you, we all feel like we know ourselves and mm-hmm. we feel like we know other people. The only yeah. challenge is, is we're not as good as we think we are, right? And that's the that's the challenge that I think we all face. Oh, yeah. Myself, I, I recently had a thing. I was talking with this guy, and um, and he was kind of giving me a lesson, right? I was going back and forth with him, and yeah. you know, and and you know, the lesson was, you know, like it took me like a half an hour before I got around the lesson, which was he's like, "Hey, dude, just ask me for help." Right. That mm. was the that was the, the moral of the story. The, the challenge was is that I had this mis I had this misconstrued thing around values and sets and things like that. And so yeah. I thought I thought the point of the, the mission was for me to just grind through it and suffer and just embrace the suck and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the point was really to ask for help. And oh. and I was like, I was like, mm. and he's like, and I think and I think is I think I'm really good at asking for help. I'm pretty good at like if I have a thing yeah. that's but the, but the problem is, is like I was like, oh my cup's already full. Right. And I was yeah. like, I was like, uh, and I'm like, what? And he's like, he asked me questions like, where else are you not asking for help that could make things so much easier and you don't have to just grind through it and suffer? Yeah. And I was just like, hmm. Oh, Man. because I thought it was awesome at it. And then I found out I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. Well, I'm awesome over here thinking, like, I know I'm not any good at it. So I'm like writing that question. Uh, yeah. Dude, I got to take that. Take that uh, with yeah, I, I ask for help. I, I like to I, I like to ask people, but there's all there's certain areas that I feel like I need to figure this out. I'm not this is gonna be yeah. me. I'm gonna be I'm a strong one. So I was yeah. like I thought about those like hmm, it's got a point. And I was like, and 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 if I range myself in self-awareness, I feel fairly self-aware, but that was a spot yeah. where I realized I had deep, 
deep inadequacies in that section. I was like, okay, I'm going back around to the beginning, going yeah. back to the beginning again. And I'm going to start asking my people and the people in my life. I'm like, hey, what do you think about mm -hmm. this? Do you, see, do you see any truth here? Is there anything you can help let me know on? So that's the what, interesting thing, right? So you never graduate yeah. from the, the school of self-awareness. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That, they're not calling that phrase, but I, I certainly like it. I'm like, dude, it, it seems to be an infinite loop where it's like, oh, yep, I got to grow a little bit more. And, you know, typically comes in a nice, you know, painful, painful moment. Like even like that, <laughs> just like, where could I or where else could I ask for help? I think is a true question. I'm like, man, I want to take that away because it's it's interesting for me. I'm like, man, I, I wonder where I would answer that because I know where I'm like outsourcing it, requesting it. And I think where else could I ask for help is, is, is good. So, yeah, I feel like as, and I can only speak as, as a man, um, as like, I think as men, um, especially men that like I run my own business and now stuff and you was like, you kind of feel like we're on our own Island. Right. And we got to figure out ourselves. We got to build our own things and oh, yeah. make our own things. And sometimes you feel super alone being on that Island. And then you don't for myself realize that like, well, maybe instead of me trying to grow this from the ground up on my Island, I can just build a bridge to somebody else's Island and ask for some help and, you know, get some yeah. advice where I can. And so yeah, I was like, mm, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Lesson. Roger that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. That's good. For, for you, for you, for you, brother. Uh, I want to talk about this, uh, talk about what I thought my superpower was. Um, do you like, do you have, uh, I would love to learn about your superpower. Do you know what your superpower is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a great question. So I, I have an answer to it. And I also feel like it's like a, a working document is kind of what it feels like. It's like, ah, this, thing could, this thing could shift and change. Yeah. Um, what it does seem to be as of right now that uh, this is a, this is a question that myself and co-founder drew, we talk about this and um, for, for him, we would see his, his ability to like see and say is his, is his, his superpower to, to see what's going on and to actually you know, bring, bring words to it. And, I, and mm -hmm. it's like, man, that's, that's nice and eloquent. That's beautiful. Um, for me, we, uh, our conversations always led to more of the, like, uh, the methodical means to move your mission forward. We, we put it, put together lots of M's in that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to, to make it sound nice, I guess. But the, the method man is essentially what, what I get coined oftentimes in, uh, in our team internally. And it would be, you know, the, the method to think about how do you get to your destination and thinking through, okay, this is going to be the pathway, pathway forward. Um, and so the models that might come into play and, and a way in which to think, um, you know, different methods to think about how to get somebody from point A to point Z, uh, that seems to be the, the superpower is that like quickly in a conversation, I can assess and, and kind of give them some, some pathways whether that tends to be through through a question or an exercise they might go through or whatever, it, it just it just seems to be. Um, however, my thought processes works. However, I however I tick, it seems to be this this method man kind of process. Which honestly, I mean, from our meeting that we had where we met together mm -hmm. and using Lucid Chart and everything there, it fits so well with the way in which I think. And and so that was that was also something that was like so good. Where I was like, man, I feel like I'm in the right space with the right people at the right time. Because you gave some things that are like, oh, this just fits in how I, I feel like I operate and was able to comprehend it so well. Um, but I, that, that would be my, my current current answer would be like just methodically moving people's missions forward, whatever objective they, they, that they may have, partnering with them to help them find a way that, that could be a bit creative than, than how they're currently 
doing it. And current kind of way that typically is fleshed out is all through, you know, people development and, and growing and, and building high performing teams. But I tend to do that in any of my little extracurriculars too. Um, much to the frustration of the family on Thanksgiving or something where I'm like, yeah. I can't just have a normal hangout conversation. You know, I'm stuck in like trying to help somebody all the time. You bust out the whiteboard and you're like, yeah, you see, yeah. this is where you're currently at. But yeah. these are some of the roadblocks that are preventing you to get you. Yeah. But that's that's wonderful, though. I mean, helping people get to where they want to go. I mean, I think I think everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs somebody that can kind of support them in different ways and shapes to kind of get from where they're at to where they want to go in different areas of life. Because everyone it's just it is so much easier to see from the outside in, you know, yeah. with a lot of stuff and be able to paint. So, a path. so interesting. So I feel like where I'm at now is such a surprise to me where I'm like, man, I can't, I can't, I never could have orchestrated all of these things. And here I am being a coach and it's such a, a joy to, to do and, and all the events that came. And then I'll talk to somebody who knew me well in high school and tell them what I do. And they're like, Oh, I could totally see that. I'm like, what is that? You know, like there's something in that where, okay, the superpower must've been showing in some way because it feels like such a luck of the draw for me going through it linearly, but for them, they're like, yeah, this, this makes sense. Makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, some people can see it and they, I mean, and get the basis. And for us, it's, there's the, it, we could do anything in this world. Right. And the, the, but we can kind of lean on what are our proclivities? Like what are the yeah. things that, that really resonate with us, which is interesting. It's cool to see that it makes sense. If you're, if you're in the, if you're into people development and one of your, yeah. your superpowers is to help paint paths for them to, to be able to follow, then that, that seems to be um, like, that's like, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you think is a typical if you if you are a uh, if you help paint paths to get people to where they want to go and and what do you think are some typical like roadblocks? What do you think are the common obstacles that people face when they're trying to get from where they're at to where they want to go? That's good. I kind of wanted to ask you what what did you think your superpower was, but. <laughs> I can, uh, I'll come back. Okay, I'll answer right now. I'll give you a chance to think about that. So um, in terms of my superpower, um, I've, I've really, it's, it's, uh, it's two things. One, um, I'm a connector. I just like having long, deep yeah. conversations. I very much enjoy just yeah. understanding people. And that that's one. Um, the other one is um, um, like system architecture. So I'm really good at, at boxes and squares with words in them and taking complex information and, disseminating it into simple to digest format and giving it to people. So like yeah. design and say, Hey, what do you want to do? You want to do all of this stuff? Great. Well, here's what this looks like in boxes and squares. And this is what you need to do to kind yeah. of map out some sort of yeah. like, you know, architectural system. So yeah. when I meet with clients or I meet with anybody, I'll map out yeah. stuff. I'll map out systems or architecture or applications or designs yeah. or programs or feasibilities and you'll see it and that's why i use boxes and squares and shapes because i hold a lot of that shit in my head but yeah. if i can get that out on paper and then co-collaborate yeah. with it that's kind of what i do it is so, i have yeah. lots of of uh big whiteboard uh post-it notes i love whiteboards you'll see you'll see me get frustrated if we try to have a conversation i, I can't draw on anything can't i can't i can't I'm like, I was like, I got it. It's here. I got it. And they're like, what are you saying? I'm like, I was like, uh, too much information. Hold on. Yeah. And so got to get it out of my own internal reality onto a collaborative reality so that we can yeah. communicate. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yes. Bring it, bring it back. Obstacles yeah. for somebody's journey. Obstacles as to, you know, yeah. what, what 
in the way of their path. Um, the one that immediately came to mind when you when you said that was just the the quote, which I think is I learned it from design thinking, which is a problem well defined is half solved. And in terms of like what would I typically what do I think happens most often is is that is is sometimes we we can uh, oversimplify our problems, say oversimplify our problems, and we uh, complexify our solutions where it probably needs to be the other way around, where we need to understand the complexity of our, our challenges, the complexity of our problems and treat it as such, and then find simple solutions to, to move us forward in a positive direction. Um, I think just understanding like, what are you trying to solve and, and what are the challenges? That would be one. I mean, that's not necessarily at the individual level. A lot of times that's more of a, of a team level type thing uh, that they're trying to get through and they've got this. That's big really Oh, I want to stop. I want to stop with that. That's yeah. actually really interesting. I want to just dive into that for a second. Yeah. Um, so people, people under complexify the problems and they over complexify the solution, which that seems to, and, but, the, but we really should do the opposite. We should complexify the problem and then simplify the solution that, I mean, actually that makes a lot of sense to me because in terms of like human behavior, in terms of gamification, yeah. in the terms of like any of the stuff that to get people to do things, you have to keep things simple. And yeah. if I, if I say, okay, what you have to do is you have to whack this mole, right? Here's a hammer, whack the mole. Got it. Right. But if I go, okay, but you got to take a look at the sunset and you got to make sure it's at the right time and you got to check your watch and you got to check with these seven friends and you got to tie your shoelace and you got to hop around a circle and then you can have, it's like too much. Right. Yeah. And then, but if you, if you get really detailed on what the real problem is and you get absolute clarity on that, okay. And you know that in, like the, the, what, what it's bringing up for me is this, is that usually most people aren't willing to face their demons and they'll yeah. only glimpse at it, right? They're like, oh, that's a problem, right? And yeah. they'll hide from it, right? They'll, they won't ever deal with it. Um, I know yeah. for myself or whatever, but unless I stop and look at the problem and spend a lot of time looking at it and thinking about it, you know, I had a thing around, I was, I was talking about this with you yeah. and I want, I want to actually, actually use this as a point is, yeah. you know, I was talking about you. So I'm, you know, going through a thing right now where I'm, you know, uh, last year I was absolutely ripped, super ripped, right before I got yeah. married. Looks very, very sexy, very sexy. No, but I was just, I was, just, I was in very good physical shape. Um, This year, post-marriage, a little bit more out of shape. Yeah. So I'm on, I'm on my own health plan to get things in place. So I made, made a game plan, put things in place. But then I noticed that I was starting to like, I started to slip up here and there. And I started like, okay, well, what is the issue, right? Now smoking weed, you know, I smoke weed occasionally because I, I enjoy it and it's fun. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, I started to gain the weight and I was like, oh man. And I was like, what's the issue here? And I was like, is this weed the issue? And I started looking at it and I was like, well, here's what happens. And I started to analyze, okay, I do really well. I lose weight and then I smoke weed. And then late at night, I eat a whole bunch of food and I go, yeah. okay, well, it seems to be that that weed caused me to gain weight as a, is yeah. one of the pieces. And I thought about it more and I was like, if I did remove the weed, I wouldn't get the late night cravings much, which would be better. But mm -hmm. if I, but I, but if I wanted to, I could put a rule in place that just says I can't eat after 8 PM. Yeah. Right. And if yeah. I did that, I could have as much weed as I wanted, whatever. It's just to stop the whoop right there. Yeah. And that's a simple it's a complex, why is my weight going up? Well, there's a bunch of different reasons. Am I working out? Am I doing this? Am I eating the right? Am I having macros? Is it organic? Is it whatever? Is it what, yeah. you know, whatever. But if I had a simple solution, which is like, yeah, just, just don't eat it. So even it. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and it's like, oh, okay. All right. Now, but yeah. I want to, I want to complexify it because I want to, there's like a feeling inside of me that's like, wants to give a sense of like, 
like, it's too hard. Don't even try. It's too complex. Why even do it? It's too much effort. There's too many things. There's too many spinning plates. I'm too busy. Yes. Light works too hard. I got too much stress. You know, yeah. there's you know, I, uh, and, and, and it's just interesting to see if you, but if you made it dead simple, it's like, no, no, just, just don't eat enough yeah. to eat. Just don't eat enough to eat. You know? Yeah. So that, that's coming up for me. So I wanted to. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, again, all the, the different things that you could do ends up just building a wall of resistance and, we got to keep resistance as, as minimal as possible because it's already, you know, it doesn't take much resistance to stop a human from doing much. And so, you know, <laughs> That's so true, man. it's like we, you know, even the, the, you know, the most disciplined of us still can, you know, can get, get thrown back by just a little bit of resistance. Um, and, and yeah, very much in line with your story. Just this morning, my first call of the day, Yeah, I'm talking with, with somebody they have, uh, they're now using a personality profiling system. I like a lot of them, so I'm, I'm pro many of them, uh, but they happen to be using predictive index. And so I'm having a conversation with them about uh, a troublesome employee and they think the problems are going to be found in this person's personality. And uh, I think this is a good example because I've talked so much about personality. Even my own life's problems were found in personality. Well, we look at, at the data and we look at the role and we're talking about what's needed. And the truth is, is like, this person's personality has nothing to do with this challenge. And so I start asking some questions. I've never met this person in, in my life. Um, don't know much about them. Uh, don't even really know the role uh, other than like they, they told me the general things they're looking for. Um, but I just asked some questions about like health, energy, what are they doing? And this part, and they started knowing they're like, oh yeah, this person talked about this. You know, they, they, they weren't eating as much. They've gained 20 pounds since working here. And, and they're really, you know, not feeling like themselves. And then like, well, we go all the way back to like, okay, the solution would be really good. Of like, I think right now, could they just essentially do some positive movement for them? Honestly, like uh, a little 20 minute walk, you know, probably even less than that, you know, whatever, that might be too much resistance. It's still reasonable weather where this person lives. It should have been, you know, about eighties uh, in, in the eighties. So they could probably get out and walk right now, but looking at him going, man, they have lots of things going on. Like this person's probably, you know, got a chance to, to lose their job. They're not feeling energized. Their relationships are at tension with their bosses and with their coworkers. The coworkers are essentially complaining about them. Uh, you know, they're not eating well and they know about it. They feel fat. It's like, man, there's a lot of complex problems in there that we really could embrace. And really when I started talking with them, it was just the oversimplification of this person's not doing well at their job. And it's like, well, do we really understand what's going on? And when we did, it became very clear of like, if you could just help this person do this, this would give such a trajectory towards confidence that they probably would be more assertive as a leader, which they're kind of struggling at leading their team in some, some ways in terms of, of communication and leading some team meetings and back to like complex problems. It's like, well, plenty of people just go, they're bad at leading team meetings. Well, this is the perfect team meeting agenda. And it's like, it's not about the team meeting agenda, y'all. You know, like so, so few times is it about the team meeting agenda? And sometimes it is, you know, I have some, I have a pretty good answer for like what a, a team meeting agenda should look, should look like, but you know, 90% of the time it, it's not that. And so I think that's a, that's a good one that I've, I've seen that, that we can just explain. Right? Oh, well, I also think that's, what's really good on that one too, is that we're so quick to, to, to uh, stereotype other people's problems as it's, as it's their fault. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and that, that thing is like, oh, he's not a good person. He's not a good worker. He's not, yeah. she's not a good worker. Them or they are not good workers. Yeah. You know, insert 
insert things. Uh, and it's because of it's that I know that type of personality. And then it's yep. like and that is that adversarial versus like, yeah. okay, let's, let's, let's understand them intimately. Right. Yeah. And it almost, almost makes you think about the thing uh, I heard saying somewhere. It's like, it's hard to hate up close, you know, yeah. you get in yeah. spaces and, and you start to talk to them and have a conversation with them. You actually, if you've had, you know, five minutes of intimate conversation with the person that yeah. you hated the most, it's going to be very quick to turn around that, that oh. conversation, you know? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I, I tend to make, I have made the same mistake even in, in my own work. Like, mm -hmm. So, so much like I, I really am, I am passionate about, I think knowing your personality, I've talked about it a bunch already, but like is, is really, really important. And it's my personal journey, but I don't think much is, you know, in terms of like transformational things, like some level of, of habit in your life that you didn't have prior that could be a positive habit, you know, whether that's a, a movement habit, an eating habit, uh, a meditation habit you know, uh, an affirmation or uh, writing a love letter to your spouse habit, whatever. There's plenty of positive habits that you could, you could add. Uh, when I first was starting to like teach people through these things and help people, con you know, construct rituals for themselves or for their business. Cause I think you can actually have some that could help you immensely as you enter into your workday. And so I'd even help them design their first couple hours of their workday. Uh, if they had a chance, if they had control over that kind of thing, and I, and I just really was passionate about it. But what I tended to find was like, man, I was com complexifying these solutions. And that really, I just needed them to help them see all the complex things that were going on that were causing this thing and kind of make sure they saw how challenging life is right now with the absence of a simple solution. And then the one thing that I started doing is I, I would, especially with clients, you know, for, for non-clients, I would still recommend this, but for clients, I require they drink 16 ounces of water immediately when they woke up and to do that for our first 30 days of working. And if they didn't, like we would have a conversation, like that would be like our first accountability. And so it helped me provide a simple solution as coach, which I increase accountability to a level that they probably don't have in their life. Most likely at a really high level, which is, is a gift to them. And it's, it's good for, for me, but then they also get the momentum of, I can actually establish a habit, which so many people even have, that problem they have to challenge because they still have that doubt of a you know a couple decades of new year's you know resolutions and they didn't you know they they all failed in seven days and so they already have like self-doubt that they may or may not be conscious of that's fighting against doing this new thing that they say they want to do uh and so I, I started making mm. a lot simpler and it was crazy the momentum that we would gain just by them being like i drink water and i you know i still have so many people that are so passionate like i still drink my 16 ounces of water ever since you told me but it's such a gate, you know, it's a, it's a gateway for, I can do hard things essentially. Um, yeah. Dude, what you're talking about is, is, is really on point. And I think a lot of people feel like what's, you know, what's the secret, show me the secret. Right. And we're talking about is that is that is the, you know, like masters don't ever not do the fundamentals. Right. And this, these are the fundamental things that you're talking about. Yeah. Like, it's like, can you, can you make a habit and keep a habit? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, you know, are Pretty you able hard. to, yeah, are you are you are you, are you are you constantly do you have the, the habit of self awareness? Are you able to you know cultivate yeah. that? Like, there's some really cool things in that. I I, I got about eight questions that I'm thinking of right now, but I'm gonna start yeah. with one. There we go. Right. So one being is you talk a lot about personalities. One, what is what is what are your personality like? If you were to define your personality, how would you define yeah. your personality specifically? Yeah. Um, 
So one that I've kind of been hinting at and kind of sharing is like possibilities for people person. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean is I have a future orientation and a values orientation. So, you know, I want to connect on the human being level before we connect on the human doing level, right? That's essentially that piece. It's like I have this relational orientation that like I want uh, chemistry and connection before I care about your competency. Plenty of people are, are vice versa, right? Uh, I learned that in, uh, I, was a, I was an executive headhunter in Atlanta for a period, period of time in my life. And I realized I was recruiting these uh, big four uh, accountants and they were so competency driven and I was so chemistry driven. I started to switch up how I was having conversations with them, just starting with like letting them know that like, I'm not stupid essentially, and, <laughs> you know, that I have legitimate opportunities for them. And it's amazing the chemistry that could, that would be allowed to follow after that. Um, but that's back to like treating others the way they want to be treated. It's a little bit of like, what does the golden rule really mean? You know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Well, how do you want to be treated? You want to be treated fully known, fully understood. Somebody speaking in your, your language is Mm -hmm. such a gift. So at the core, I would say it's, it's those things, a a future orientation. I want to think about Dylan's possibilities and like, how can I help Dylan? You know, even thinking about from the, since I've met, like it's, it's a very natural when Dylan comes in my mind and thinking about like, who do I know? What do I have? What resources are available to me that I might be able to help him uh, in his life? And so that's very core to me. Plenty of people would, would share that orientation um, as well. And then there would be like some other components, which is um, I'm better at spur of the moment, troubleshooting, spontaneous. Just ask me a question. I'm going, you know, I didn't need much prep for the podcast because I probably wouldn't have prepared anyway. Um and so I've learned to still be a, a Boy Scout and being prepared is a good thing. And so I've, I've, I've done that. But that tends to be more of a discipline for me than a, a natural um, personality trait. Um, and then, you know, how do I get my energy? It's through activities, being out and about, the sharing of ideas. Um, it, it is social at times. So you could say more extroversion, um, but more of like that out and about extroversion versus just people related stuff. Um, when I'm able to get my, get my thoughts out talking out loud, like that tends to be in. So, um, you know, how would I, how would I under, understand myself? It's really, can I, can I have some future orientation of like, let's help with something going on in the future for the sake of people uh, in a more spontaneous way. So in my role as coach, typically when I'm showing up and I'm asking a conversation you know, what's the biggest obstacle you've been facing this week? I don't know what's about to happen. Well, that, that puts me at the edge of my seat and I tend to play well right there. Um, and then I'm also engaging with the person in conversation. So it's, it's, it's uh, an extra, you know, energizing piece. So it really, it's, mm. it's felt like a great fit for me. Um, where, you know, you have other people that would prefer maybe more internal reflection, you know, maybe a little bit more time to themselves to prepare, um, Versus just talking to think, which I think that, you know, for the sake of the podcast, who knows? I've probably been confusing at times, too, because I've probably been talking to think and apologize for that. But for the most part, those are some of the, the things, you know, the, the strengths that are tied to that. The weaknesses are, are on the same coin. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's both sides of it for, for, with everything. Right. With all this, all this yeah. stuff. And it makes a lot. I mean, it's cool. And it's cool to see that where you're at with what that is. I mean, it's, it's, it's you want to help people. You help them get to where they're at. You want to help them get a future. You want to connect with them first. You know, you want to, you know, 
you know, make a connection before making a request or whatever the thing might be, yeah. but you want to connect with people, which is, which is an important way, but it is right. If you do come across a very, um, uh, logical individualistic kind of mindsets, right. They want to show competency first. Right. Yeah. And, 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 they, you know, they, and then they want to know, which is, which is, which is fair, which is valid for yeah. some people. Right. And they yeah. want to, okay, well, how, how are you, because some people look at people being nice or being polite or wanting to connect as, oh, well, they're not smart, right? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you could, I've seen a, a, I've seen a bunch of people that mimic pretending to be smart that just aren't nice people either. And they're just, <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, it's, it's so, it, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, you know, we're just trying to make calculations based upon, yeah. you know, you know, okay, where's this person at? So I think it's good. Like, hey, I have opportunities on this, that it could, but you're also speaking not the way that, you'd want it, but you're trying to get into their head of what do they yeah. want? What do they want from their thing. They want to know I'm not wasting their time. They want to know there's a real opportunity. They want to know that I'm not just trying to pick them up and get their number. Right. You know, yeah. flash them your, your wedding ring and your, your kit. And so, yeah. but like, you know what I'm saying? So that's, it's, it's very cool to see that, that, that pattern um, and being aware of that in terms of people finding their own personalities or going through that path to kind of discover themselves, what would you recommend for people to be able to do to be able to, to un yeah. understand themselves more? Yeah, I, I do think there's an element of like, you know, take some personality assessments. Mm -hmm. I think the, the warning there is like the personality assessment combos with friends. I've just find that those like, there's a few, you know, I tend to be in those that are like uh, the pop personality conversations where they, you know, they did the Buzzfeed quiz or, or whatever. And, you know, you know, you're Iron Man or whatever. And, you know, yeah, yeah. what Marvel character you are. Um, yeah. I, I found that some of those could be more detrimental, mainly because you open yourself up to the, a similar thing that I experienced the pain of, which is somebody saying, oh, you're totally this, or you're totally that. And you end up leaving feeling like you're in a box. And so with all the stuff that I shared, all that stuff is good. And I know the, the counter of it. And I feel like, okay, it's worth me investing in these strengths versus feeling stuck in some of those places. Uh, and so I think that's probably my, my warning, but I think taking, taking different personality assessments uh, out there, there's lots of free things to do to, to take those now um, mm -hmm. and just embracing all of them and then starting to figure out like, what is this one trying to assess instead of, uh, I don't think there's any reason to imagine them competing. There's, there's so many and most of them don't actually compete. Um, mm -hmm. that, that, that would be one uh, self-discovery and I think too, I think it's the, uh, I think it's taking that experience and then going after doing some type of 360. So from corporate language, there'd be the, the, you know, the 360 review and, and we're going to have, we're going to do leader 360s. And, and what that would look like is essentially you're going to send some type of uh, assessment out to your boss, to a couple of peers, to, to your direct reports. And they're all going to be able to provide feedback on what it's like to be led by you, work with you. And, and they might have, qualitative stuff with the survey and who knows what quantitative things they might add to that. But it's about getting this, this 360 degree view of, of who you are. And so uh, there's actually a, uh, a path that I would recommend people do, which is uh, you know, you don't have to do that 360 in your company. In fact, doing it in your own life is probably even more valuable. There's an exercise uh, exercise called uh, the reflected best self exercise that I think was originated from the university of Michigan and the exercise, it is this, you guys could, you know, if you're listening, you could, you could search reflected best self exercise, Michigan, it's probably going to pop up and you probably copy and paste the emails. But the idea would be that you would send out a message to P 
people who know you. And you'd ask them to, to essentially say, what's one value or contribution that you make? And, and to essentially give three of those. And then you take that data, you compile it, and you, you begin to look and say, okay, I've essentially asked people to say, what does my best self kind of reflect back to you? And I think from a, a positive psychology standpoint, I would, I would recommend that direction early on. Um, because especially if you're beating yourself up of, I want to learn more about my personality because I, because all of these problems that are going on in my life, I would encourage taking a, taking a reflection to figure out like what gifts are you bringing to people? What values, what contributions are you bringing? Starting there. Uh, I think that has been, you know, probably the m most powerful, you know, I, I, I learned a lot about personality assessments and I know quite a bit about a few, but I think the, the actual feedback from people that know you, love you, and you get that stuff, that's like, that's the game changer on the self-awareness journey. And so you really learn a lot about who you are uh, in those yeah. spaces. And I still look back to some of that and like, man, that's, that's amazing. So the reflective best self exercise doing some level of a 360 while also comparing that to really balance it out. Because, you know, just for me, I had, I had friends that probably would have said, you're the best at administration. You know, you're good at this. If, if I had done that exercise when I was 21 and that would have just been complete bullshit, you know, it just wouldn't have been true. And, and so combining some level of getting feedback from peers while also getting some of these personality things to kind of give you some, some extra data my favorite thing about the personality uh, assessments is it just gives you a common vocabulary to describe hard to describe things, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm a future orientation, you know? Uh, so it, so the, the, the power of having the personalities is it, is it gives you a language to be able to describe things that are difficult to describe. Yeah. That's why, that's why I think it's most powerful of like, I have no soapboxes. I used to have soapboxes for different ones. But now I'm realizing they're all actually just vehicles so that you and I aren't, you know, I'm not speaking English while you're speaking Spanish, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, if we can speak the same language. Yeah. Oh, it's man. almost, it's almost like what I'm, what I'm, my, my own interpretation of that. It'd be, it'd be if, if me and you are both in one room and we're smelling food from a kitchen, but we just don't know what that food is. We're yeah. just like, that's good. That, that mm, smells delicious. Yeah. Right. But we don't know what it is. And it's not until we walk around the corner, like, oh, that's lasagna. That's what that yeah. is. Or that's whatever insert food that's yeah. delicious to you. Right. But then you say, okay, that is what that is. We, it gave us a feeling. It gave us a smell. It gave us a sense. It gave us, we could observe certain things. My nose smells this, but to yes. define what the origin of it is, is, you know, yeah. I have a future focused behavior or whatever it might be. Yeah. Got it. And just, think, I mean, just, the, I mean, the power of language, right? Like blue, like who, who got to choose that blue is blue. Right. It's like, well, it's just four letters from an alphabet. It's like who put that together, but like four letters from alphabet that we put together, B-L-U-E. And now we call this thing blue. And so anytime somebody says blue, they all look and go, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's blue. And, and so that common vocabulary allows us to orient ourselves around around things to better understand uh, our experiences. Yeah, because a lot of it involves us. Or, because You mentioned this before that I want to get towards this on this topic is you talked about self-awareness, understanding yourself. Yeah. And then the best way to understand yourself, 
lot of ways. One, personality test. Two, talking to the people that know us well, right? The people that are close yeah. to us, whether they're family or friends, significant others, coworkers, you insert it, right? And you start to understand that. But then there's a, there's a greater piece to this of the fact that we are all, we all work together towards something, whether it's the family, well, then it's make sure the kids don't die and be successful, right? The other one, if it's, if it's a business, we're to go build things up, right? And you're, yeah. you're working together as a, as a cohort, right? And, and whenever you try to work together, uh, uh, people form opinions about <laughs> the people that they work around, right? Yes. Uh, whatever, the, whatever those insert opinions. Yeah. So you talked about making high performance teams work together, which I feel like the, one of the first steps along that pathway uh, is to to know yourself, know how you fit in the world, know what you're good and not good at, and those pieces. Yeah. I think all of this is moving towards the fact of functioning together as a as a unit, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk to us just a little bit about some of the elements that it takes to form together as a as a powerful unit, or what what makes yeah. good high performance teams? Yeah, yeah. So there'd be a few things that we would we would surf on here. Um, one, people could go read. Uh, Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I think that's a great, uh, it's it's a parable type uh, book, I guess. It's written in story format, and I just love his books from, from that standpoint. And so at the core, at the, at the base level of like, how do I develop a team that can get results? He would say it's it's trust. And I, I wouldn't disagree that like, okay, what we're trying to do is, is trust. Okay, how do we actually get trust, right? Like what what do we have to do to actually make that make that possible? I think brings in some some interesting thoughts. Uh, you know, I'd also have to mention uh, Google between like 2010 2015 uh-huh. did a two year study on um, high performing teams. How how could they design teams to you know be the best teams? And you know they're very data you know data analytical uh, approach, uh, data driven approach. And so they're studying all these these different factors. I think they study like over 180 different factors all coming down to realize that like it has very little to do with the personalities to, to the point that I, you know, I'm making it has very little to do with like the actual people. What they, what they found was like the most dominant trait was psychological safety. Um, which you might've, you might know I've talked about because it feels to be a very popular uh, thing by, by this, by this time, but psychological safety was the number one trait that they found. That was like the one trait that rules them all. And uh, they, they actually didn't know what the phrase was until they came across uh, a Harvard business professor's research. Amy Edmondson uh, had the, had coined the phrase psychological safety. And it was the willingness of the team members to be willing to take a risk essentially. And so to speak up in the meeting when everybody's opinion is going this way and you have a differing opinion and you go, Hey guys, I think this, we might be overlooking this to take that risk of, you know, being shamed or (laughs) being like ridiculed, of going or essentially feeling incompetent, right? That, that willingness to take a risk was the number one, one trait, mm. which I think is, is just a powerful, powerful piece, but we still are kind of left with like, okay, so how do, how do we, how do we get there? Like, okay. I know, you know, yes. Psychological safety. Yes. Trust. I want to get to those things. I would say the, the pathway that we can find, it's a bit of like a, a flywheel that like, if we can do this, well, then it makes it almost inevitable that we'll get the psychological safety that we'll get the trust really comes around, I believe, is, is communication. Mm-hmm. Communication potentially being an over oversimplified term for a, a complex you know, challenge, mm-hmm. which would be, do we understand each other's differences? Because if, if you and I understand each other's personalities, 
it's less about having all the same personality on the team or the right intricacies of personalities, but it is about us understanding each other because us misunderstanding each other, making assumptions, telling narratives about one another that aren't true, that increases uh, relational conflict, which essentially diminishes our ability to do task conflict well. And we need to be able to do task conflict well, because that's literally like the project that we're working on, the goal that we're going after, like whatever that is, applying our skills to get a, get a result, like that's all task conflict. And relational conflict gets in the way of that, right? It gets in the way of, of trusting one another to move with speed and all that. And so communication would, would be that, that piece. And so that could be communicating expectations too. Like this is what it looks like to be on this team. Um, value systems. I, I think I listened to, I uh, can't remember exactly which one of your podcasts it is, but you guys talked about value systems mm -hmm. um, and, the, and the power of values. I've heard you, you talk about that uh, before. I'm going, man, value systems are so huge to go, okay, people like us do things like this, right? And going, all right, when somebody's out of the line of that, it's such a good, you know, good motivator towards what, what culture looks like. But so often we can leave with accidental values that aren't actually communicated, um, that emerged out of, you know, nowhere. And so communication to me, that would be like the gate, the gateway to like opening the door. Okay, now we can get trusted relationships. And if we can get that, our relational conflict will now go down because we all have tons of grace for one another. I mean, it's literally like, you know, our joints, like our joints now have the fluid in them or the oil in the car so that our engine won't blow up. Okay, now we've got that. Well, now that we have this relationship, we can have the task conflict that we need to have so that we can get aligned on the mission, get aligned on value systems, get aligned on responsibilities, get aligned on anything that might be misaligned. We can access that. And that makes it inevitable that we can execute with speed, execute with pace, and take advantage of, of opportunities uh, and really realize our, our actual potential as a team. Uh, and so at least the best I, I believe is like the first piece would be communication of expectations. And, um, you know, in terms of like how do people end up getting unsatisfied in their jobs, so much of it is just unmet expectations. The boss wasn't the person that they wanted them to be. When they first got in, the boss was pumping them up. They were so visionary. They were excited. And then they weren't consistent. They did something that they thought was ruthless because they didn't actually understand the person's true intention. You know, all of that stuff gets in there. It starts to create narratives in our head. We start to tell ourselves stories of those are the good guys. These are the bad guys. And as long as, as soon as we start thinking the good guys and the bad guys, everything goes to crap, right? The shit, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, that's not real you know so, so you hear something really interesting right and there's actually a, a one i think so you're talking about this the the importance of having a high performance team but the reason you know one of the things that humans do better than anybody else anything else is our ability to work together right so we work together really well right yeah. uh, uh and us the bees and the ants probably yeah it might be yeah, the ants might win it you know but the, yeah. but you're looking at it is but the way to create that is psychological safety, right? The question is, how do you get psychological safety, right? Because humans are weird in the sense that is psychological safety isn't necessarily about telling people that their their shit doesn't smell. It's yeah. about it's about telling people that that your shit smells, and I'm telling this because I love you, and yeah. and and that yeah. that that psychological safety because you know you've been in situations in the corporate world which is the worst. Where they come across them, everything's good, everything's great, everything's, and you can oh, tell right. that they only have one vector of communication, and that's yeah. everything's great, everything's rosy. Please don't sue me. Everything's oh. great, everything's rosy. Please don't sue me, right? And you can't actually have that real talk. Versus if you yeah. if you're out, 
um, uh, fishing with the boys, right? Yeah. And you're out fishing with the boys, right? It might be oh, yeah. some of the most vile, offensive, inappropriate <laughs> speak, right? Yeah. But you feel psychologically safe to be yes. very de deprived and communicate because you know that everything that comes out of the mouth is 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 a joke or or yeah. trying. Try, the whole goal is to try to get the other person to gag, right, or laugh, yeah. or whatever the thing. Insert the joke. So it's like, how do you balance out that creating that psychological safety? And along with the with authenticity, where you know that the person they're saying is real, because I don't think it's just psychological safety. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I think if I said everything's right, everything, and, and you could you could crap over the floor, and I go, oh yeah, the, the emperor has no clothes, right? And you just crap over the place, right? I don't think it's just that. So what else? Yeah. Like do you know what I'm saying? Like how do you how do you yeah. be authentic, right? And create that yeah. psychological safety that lets me know that you're being real. And and you're gonna you're gonna be honest with me and tell me when things suck, but not in a yep. way that makes us the enemy. Yeah, I think the real answer is that like, yes, it is psychological safety. People just stop short, and it's actually more of what you're talking about versus how they might imagine it to be of this this nice thing where it's like, no, actually, it's gonna get pretty real in there, right? Like that we have to get to those places of authenticity to even access it, right? Like essentially the, the willingness to risk being yourself, which I think is, you know, if we just even talk about how many people feel imposter syndrome in their jobs, well, there you, there you go. Right. It's, it's just the sense of like actually feeling a sense of like, okay, I actually am okay being me and I'm okay with the implications of what might, what might happen. But yeah, I think it's a good, a good thought of like, well, it can't, it can't be false niceties, right? We can't just yeah. be smiling and just be like, no, like everything's okay. Uh, and almost like, um, just say anything here, right? Just say anything here. It's like, no, no, no. They're, you're allowed to have repercussions. You know, <laughs> like there've got to be consequences um, or we're just creating really a, an entitled culture. And so for me, th this is like the one tool that rules them all, which is uh, essentially Kim Scott made this thing very, very popular, but I learned it back in 2009. I think that's before Kim Scott wrote, wrote her book, but Kim Scott wrote a book called Radical Candor uh and wonderful book she's a formal google exec herself and she said okay when you provide personal care and essentially direct challenge challenging directly you're going to get this radical candor type environment and uh the thing that we would have, have taught that i do think like this tends to be like the secret weapon uh we would still we tell our clients this when we teach them we go there hasn't been a organization or a team that has resisted this tool that has actually gotten the results we've done. We've taught them the personality frameworks and they can all speak the language, but if they don't adopt this, this tool, it doesn't matter. The personality stuff, they're just going to treat each other poorly. Still, they're going to put each other in boxes. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be bad, but if they embrace this tool, it, it tends to go well. And it's the sense of bringing high support and high challenge to one another and high support looking like, real relationship, actually caring more about them than, you know, you do yourself. I like haven't not necessarily like having enough of that. You still got to care for yourself, but not being so self-oriented that all you see is yourself, but like relationship and, and then resourcing too, right? You've got to support your team with resources. And that could look like coming in through the clutch when somebody's at a deadline and they ask for some help and, and you're looking at, you know, Hey, I gotta, I gotta get home for something. And you decide, yeah, you're going to resource them that, with that little extra. That's that's going to be this this high support. And then we've got high challenge, which looks like to me is, is some of the stuff you're saying, which is like we still got to be able to 
say, hey, this is your responsibility or, hey, these are some results that we're looking for or, hey, that's that behavior isn't acceptable here. We, we're not going to tolerate a low standard. Um, those two things tend to be the ingredients that actually empower people and to actually get the optimal results out of people. Um, the like really nice culture. Like I would actually say plenty of people, plenty of people right now, because a lot of the stuff that's out there and how walking on eggshells, people are having to be just politically correct style of things. Like it ends up being a title, uh, a culture that's going to create a lot of entitlement. It's just way too nice to everybody. Like you want you talk about psychological safety, that, that fake niceness, you know, it's like people not safe at all. It's not safe at all. Cause you're like, Oh, you're like, you're just, you're, you're, you're not even being real. You're not even playing the game. So that's like when certain, like if you're in a corporate oh. console and somebody, somebody says the word fuck, you're like, Oh, you're a real person. Congratulations. Yeah. Right. Or whatever, insert whatever yeah. word you want to put in. Right. Absolutely. I, but I love that. I love that high care, high, uh, high, high challenge. I mean, yeah. I think that to me, that feels right. That feels right. Because like, look, yeah. I care about you. I love you. I'm also going to challenge you. I was doing the coaching yeah. to one of the guys and in, you know, I, you know, I coach people to build things and stuff. And yeah, we had a real conversation. I'm like, look, bro, I love you. I care about you. You're not doing your work. You said you're going to, you're not doing it. This yeah. comes from love. This comes from a place wanting to succeed. Yeah. What's going on? Let's have a yeah. conversation. Right. And I think that's, yeah. that to me, that resonates hard. So uh, thank you for sharing that. That, yeah. that, that feels real. That feels that's real crazy. to me. If anybody, and this is great if you're if you're listening to like think about the best leader that you've ever followed, and don't take that too official. Like think about maybe it was a parent for you, and I, I hope that it was a parent because that's that's cool when you have a good parent because plenty of people that didn't get that that blessing. Uh, you know, it could be a coach that you had or a teacher or some mentor that showed up. But like the best leader you ever had, you start thinking about them, and almost always when we hear people talk about it there was some level of familial, familial like care. Like they, they certainly cared about me more than what I was typical, like typically experiencing. But then you also hear them talk about this calling up type experience where they, that, that, that leader was believing in them more than they even believed in themselves at the time. And that's how people start to describe this person is like, man, they, they essentially, they didn't call me out. They kind of did, but they like called me up to a, a higher standard and you find that over and over is that there's this high call up to a standard that's beyond what somebody's currently meeting while also matching it with this familial like care. And I'd say that combination is actually what we probably need to redefine and understand. Like that's what love actually looks like. Yeah. Um, there we go. There we like, go. Yeah. Love isn't the soft thing. It's not the all nice thing because you know, like I'm pretty sure, you know, I had, I had reasonable parents. I'm sure that they love me. They weren't always nice, you know, like they were always nice, but the, the love was there. And I still think about it, you know, for my, my little dude, I got, a, I got a three and a half year old. We got one on the way. We got one on the way since we last talked. Uh, what? So you've been busy. Got that going. I'm just, you know, <laughs> announcing it to the world here. Yes. You're so productive over um, there. <laughs> yeah. Very active. So um, yeah. Pumped about that. Didn't expect I was going to be sharing that, but oh, that's congrats, cool. man. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a really poor dad if all I'm going to do is just only bring niceties to him, you know, only bring, bring, you know, he just gets to eat whatever he wants and do whatever he wants and stay up as late as he wants. Like, that's not actually going to serve him well towards no. how hard this world's really going to be. No, I mean, one, so, of the, yeah. dude, what, one of the missions of a dad, man, is to is to raise the child up to be strong enough to endure the, the struggles of life, right? Yes, that's and the most you, loving way. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is like the, the, the thing is like, you know, the, the, when someone has an easy life and they become they become they fold over anything, then they, they 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 have this secret feeling that they don't they they know they didn't earn any of that stuff. And then they realize that, you know, it's like paper armor. Right. You can cut them with anything. Right. And yeah. Pieces versus that that high support, that high challenge, I think is yeah. I think it's beautiful. man. I think it's real love. Real love is high support and high challenge. I think yeah. I might have technically found the name of this, this episode. So, yes. um, that's great. So, uh, with that being said, brother, I want to ask you this is, um, you, I mean, you're in the world of people development, growing people and making them better and, 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 yeah. and, and paying pathways for them. What is your holy flake, holy grail flag in the sand? What does it look like for you? What is the thing that you want to achieve by all of this effort and energy you're putting into, to, to, to better the people around you? That is really good. So selfishly, and we, we just go individual, like drive, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do, it in, do it in my intro, but it is like, it's not a, it's not a bullshit thing. It really would be like being able to end on just defining love for, for you is, is a gift. So leaving a legacy of love on the earth that would, you know, essentially outlast me that, you know, my children would know my children's children would, would know about me. That would be um, amazing. There was a, there was a time probably six years ago now somebody asked me like hey what you know what do you want your legacy to be and i said man i'd love to you know for my great great grandchildren to say like i want to love like old great great grandpa jordan did like that would that'd be a drive and it was really under this like acknowledgement of like what love actually looked like and so i think at the core if you cut me open what do i bleed it's it's that and you know the majority of my problems and relationships have been people when i when i feel like i somehow not been uh, received or has been misconstrued. I'm like, ah, oh, that typically ends up being the root of relational challenges for me. Uh, in terms of like, man, the, the business, what we're doing, we, we are actually going to do a, uh, a rebrand probably before the end of the year. We thought we don't, I thought I'd be done by this, this podcast, but the new name of the company is going to be called people profit. And it's all going to be about solving, solving burnout and solving blind spots. You know, but that's at the core of what we want to do is to solve burnout and solve blind spots. You know, we, really specialize in working with fast growing companies, you know, an Inc 5,000 company would, would be ideal for us, but any fast, you know, any growing company works mainly because growing companies demand so much resource. And what we tend to hear from them after we've kind of get our own research is they, you know, they want to solve that by hiring. And there are really only two ways to solve it is, is you can hire or your people can increase their capacity. And, what we'd like to do is help them increase their capacity before they burn out. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't manage the hire and you don't manage to increase their capacity, then they will burn out. And so solving burnout, you know, is, is been huge for us. So much of that is tied to some of the habits we talked about earlier. Uh, and then the blind spots, you know, so much of our conversation has been about personality, but you can't fix what you can't see, right? You can't fix what you can't see. And so providing data, providing a conversation, providing a framework so that somebody could have a level of self-awareness at the individual or team level, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty dang passionate about. So that's one of the things that, that we want to solve is we want to solve that for fast growing companies. Um, so I love that, man. I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, I know we we're um, having conversations previously about how you're going to be doing that in some very new, yeah. cool and innovative ways. So, yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll have some more conversations about that um, off the air. On yes. the chat. So that's beautiful. What, um, let me ask you is, so if that is the goal and congratulations on the, on the new brand, new name, um, yeah. I think that's, I think it's awesome. It, 
the if that is the the holy grail right is is to be able to you know you know embody that love to the point where great granddaddy peterson has embodiment this what and he said what is the biggest challenge for you to Kim? what is what is the what i call the dragon that's so difficult to overcome um for you to try to achieve that goal that you know you might need to transform yourself in order to get there oh man yeah 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 what is it for me you know there'd be the like the stock answer feels like it would be like, Hey, balancing the time that I deliver as a consultant with the time that I have as a like business builder mm -hmm. and like, you know, building at scale or have, and I don't even know what kind of scale we might be, might be attacking, but there's, there's more scale that we're, we're searching for than what we have currently. Um, but I feel like that's just a natural challenge of, of doing that. I think in some ways that would probably be the cop out answer. And so for the sake of like, you know, talking a whole, a whole podcast episode of like doing the deep work on yourself. I think for me, it's probably just, uh, the self doubt in between the ears of really going, Hey, will you find your voice? Will you speak up to the volume that you can? If, and that's a bit, I have to go more into the abstract. The deeper I go into myself, the more abstract and messy it, it, it becomes and, and comes out a little bit, you know, not as, not as clean, but I think that's probably the one in terms of like, what dragons am I going to have to fight? I, I think where we're going, there's certainly a level of um, the easiest way I could like internalize it is just increasing the volume of, of my voice. I think our, our company's voice, I think we, mm -hmm. um, we've spent a long time hidden doing some really deep work and that's, that's a cool thing. Um, but I think to achieve some of the stuff that we want to do, I, I think there's going to have to be a whole level of uh, risk uh, that that feels uncomfortable, and, and so self doubt creeps into that. Um, it's probably the you know that probably the easiest way to say it. Of like what else what else creeps into that? But just man, like I think I feel like my entire life has been drawing me to this direction, and then you come to the doorstep, and you're like, <laughs> oh shoot, like this is it. And so. We, it, there are quite a few doors that we're knocking on that like have actually opened us and, and invite us in to kind of stay mm -hmm. on an abstract thing that have literally happened in the last few months. And all of that just heightens the sense of like, Oh shit. Are, am I ready for this? You know, like I thought, I thought I was prepared. And so uh, I, I feel that I felt a lot of that this, this year specifically versus, mm -hmm. you know, the years that I've been doing this, it feels like whatever, whatever. that level up challenges is like right on my doorstep. Uh, so, so what it is, 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 is the, the, you know, letting go of the self doubt, uh, to, you know, have that really the, the belief to the point where you can evangelize, right. To the point where you're yeah, shouting right. from the rooftops and just really letting your words speak and do all the dirt and all the, all the deep work that you've done. Yeah. Which I think there's a lot of that, like, we know you want to do the deep work. So you have that self-belief so you can have that confidence. So you don't have that fraud. So you can do that. And that makes a ton yeah. of sense. Right. And then you get to the point where you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to come out of my closet, step on yeah. stage, you know, high oh. heels on and all that stuff, which That's is, it's glorious, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And if people want to get a hold of you, if people want to get a hold of your company, if they want to find out how they can work with you. How do they do that, Jordan? Yeah. Uh, the easiest thing is my emails are rather easy. You probably should just try to email me and I can at least my assistant <laughs> might, might get it instead of me. You might get a reply from someone else, but j at mm.coach. It's a pretty easy email. J at mm.coach. So J uh, as in uh, Jerry, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. M as in Matt. Like, yeah. so Matt, Matt. 
right? Yep. So dot com. So J at dot coach dot coach dot coach dot coach. J at that's the easiest. That's the easiest way. Cool, brother. All right, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a blessed and beautiful day, my friend. And I'll see you on the other side. Thank you, sir. Been a pleasure, man. Thanks. Take it out. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.